This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Your Money on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here is Professor Ken Smetters. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Your Money here in Sirius XM's Business Radio, Channel 111. That's powered by the Wharton School. And I'm Kent Smethers, professor here in the Wharton School at, in Philadelphia. And we are live every Tuesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. That's 2 to 4 p.m. for those of you on the West Coast. And the purpose of the show is simply to help you make better decisions with your money, including things like how to spend your money wisely, how to save it, uh, including things like paying down debts, buying insurance, and, of course, how to invest your money. And the, really the most fun part of the show is that we take your calls throughout the entire show to give you advice about how to use your money. Remember, you can connect with me online by going to my website, kentonmoney.com. I have a growing list of financial advisors there um, that are pre-screened for being fee-only. Remember, it's only fee-only. That's what we want to always re- uh, memorize and who also agree with my approach to low-cost passive index investing. So then, uh, today, I'm joined by three great guests. Their first will be Anthony Davenport, who is the founder and CEO of credit management, for, uh, a firm called Regal Financial. And uh, we're going to be talking about his new book that's coming out this month. It's simply called The Credit, uh, I'm sorry, called Your Score, An Insider's Secrets to Understanding, Controlling, and Protecting Your Credit Score. And in particular, credit scores often seem very amorphous or very uh, unclear or what's, what's kind of going on. And um, this book will give you some of the inside uh, tips there. And so later in the show, I'll be joined by two financial advisors helping me taking your calls and answering your questions. The first will be Tim Baker of Wealth Shape. We're going to be talking about evidence-based investing. Then later in the show, uh, welcome back Eric Daniels of Ron Blue Trust Family Office. And we'll talk about um, ways of spending your money on things that you value versus uh, what you think you should be spending it on. And, and so uh, we're going to be also talking a little bit about uh, estate planning as well um, in terms of how you divide up your money across kids and so forth. Um, so you know the routine by now. love to take your questions about anything related to your finances. So if you want to know how to invest your money, save for retirement, your kid's college, buying life insurance, paying on debts, budgeting, really anything about your money. That's the show's name. Um, it live on Tuesday, so grab that phone, pick it up, and give me a call here at one eight four four Wharton, just like the school name uh, W H A R T O N. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six, and we'll talk about your own situation. You only have to give us your first name and the state that you're calling from. So never a reason to be nervous or shy. Thousands of other listeners will benefit hearing the advice given to you about your own financial needs. So my producer, Michelle, is standing by and ready to line up your calls. Again, live on Tuesday. So pick up the phone. Give me a call here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. With that, let me introduce my first guest, Anthony Davenport. He's the founder and CEO of Regal Credit Management, uh, offices in New York, uh, Los Angeles, and London. And he's been cited in many uh, uh, publications, including Forbes, Yahoo, uh, Finance, and uh, Wise Piggy. And he, he lives in Brooklyn. And uh, since 2014, he has worked with the NFL and its executive education program to train athletes on credit management and protection. And he's been taking new, uh, been the subject of numerous print and television um, uh, articles 
um, including things like uh, publications in Forbes, the New York Times, and Current TV. And his book, Your Score, um, will be published in 2018. Um, so uh, you can look for that and, uh, in Amazon or every other place where books are sold. Welcome to the show, Anthony. Thanks for having me, Kent. You make me sound so special. I'm really just a credit nerd. <laughs> that's that's great. Well, I had to drop the NFL thing in there because of you now we're we're in Philadelphia here. We're gonna have a big parade on Thursday, and so <laughs> I, I had heard to about tie. It. I heard about it. Heard, yeah, that's right. It will be chaos. The university just sent around an email that we will be open on Thursday. I'm not sure how anybody's gonna get here. Um, so if you have a question for Anthony, especially about your credit score, just give us a call here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. And so Anthony. We kind of think we know this, but it's important just to remind people why is their credit score so so important? And what are some of the basic, you know, uh, basic ways it can kind of impact their life? You know, in the beginning, you're mentioning this correctly that the credit system is really this amorphous system that no one knows anything about, and it's really intentional. But it's now getting into every aspect of your life. Obviously, a credit score is going to impact what kind of mortgage rate you get and a car loan. But now it's also impacting student loans, and it's even stretching as far as your auto insurance yeah. and home insurance rates, which really doesn't make any sense. It's not like you know, uh, you know, someone's going to be a, a risk of having their house burned down because they have a low FICO score. But it's a reason to charge more money, which is why the institutions exist and have the system in place to begin with. Right. So if you don't have uh, what we'll call perfect credit, you're paying more for everything. And we've calculated that if you have the average credit score, which is just beneath a 700, then you're going to pay over your lifetime an extra several hundred thousand dollars in interest for all these various different types of things that are using your credit score to determine how much you pay. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, most people don't realize that only 35% of your FICO score comes down to whether you are paying your bills on time. The yeah. other 65% has nothing to do with whether you pay your bills on time. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, Credit scores are being used everywhere. You mentioned in, insurance. This is something that Consumer Reports in particular has been lobbying against from the lobby states to basically where, where insurance is, in fact, regulated uh, at the state level to, to ban this practice. But the logic being, it turns out there's a correlation between your FICO score and safe driving. People who are t- typically have higher FICO scores that tend to be more responsible and safe drivers. It actually turns out even employers are sometimes using cre- FICO score to figure out how kind of reliable um, you are, potential employers. So it's, it's like you said, it's in, in impacting people kind of in many aspects that they, they're not probably aware of. So tell me in dollars, you know, what are we talking about here um, in terms of, you know, how much can it cost somebody to have a kind of low credit score? Well, if you have average credit, like I mentioned, you're yeah. going to pay an extra several hundred thousand over your lifetime in just interest. But if you're looking for just an average mortgage, for example, and you have an average credit score versus an A-plus credit score, mm. which is another thing that's not taught anywhere in school or in finance classes or at home, uh, you're going to pay an extra couple hundred dollars per month over a 30-year loan. Mm -hmm. So it's really significant. And one of the reasons that I wrote this book is because I found that people really didn't understand the system. And I help a lot of 
wealthy individuals uh, in addition to regular folks, you know, people that play in the NFL, in the NBA, for example. And despite the fact that they had excellent income, excellent assets, fame, all that stuff, they were paying a lot more for stuff because they didn't have that A-plus credit score, which I'll tell you is a 740 or higher. That's what you want to aim for. Mm-hmm. And, and so... A lot of people, you know, have these dings in their credit uh, reports. You know, late collection or some something else, close to a third of a third of the country. I mean, what should they do? I mean, I mean, just kind of wait it out. Uh, what, what's what's some advice that you give people? You know, so we have a, a chapter in the book called "Gaming the System," and in that chapter, we get into different tactics you can take if you have blemishes. Hmm. But again, since that's only 35% of your FICO score, learning how to deal with the other 65% is crucial. You have to understand how all those aspects tick because a lot of people say, well, I pay my bills on time. Great. Now focus on the bigger chunk. And one of those chunks that will surprise people is that 30% of your FICO score comes down to your credit card balances. And it's per credit card. So if you have a you know, small limit credit card with something like Macy's for 500 bucks, and then you put a couple hundred dollars on that card, it's negatively impacting you by a lot, Mm. almost as much as if you missed a payment somewhere else. Mm. And it doesn't matter what your income or assets are. They look at it per card like that, and they really can penalize you, and that's how they catch people no matter how much money they make and whether they pay their bills on time. Does it make sense to do a lot more spending on a single card versus, you know, if you're doing 2000 bucks of spending to divide it up amongst, you know, two cards instead of four cards? Well, you know, one trick that I employ myself is to use a charge card, mm-hmm. like an Amex, that requires you to pay off the balance in full each month. The way those report to the credit bureaus is that it won't negatively impact your FICO score no matter what your balance is on that card. So that's one tip you can use if you have the credit necessary to get you know, a premier credit card like an Amex or a charge card like that. Uh, so that it never negatively impacts your FICO score. Okay. And speaking with Anthony Danforth, who is the founder and CEO of Regal Credit Management, and offices in New York, Los Angeles, and uh, uh, London. If you have a question about your credit, you feel free to give us a call. at live on Tuesdays. Pick up the phone. Give me a call here at one eight four four Wharton. That's one eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. So you talked a little bit earlier about the A plus uh, credit score. You said that's seven forty. And above, you know, how, how does somebody kind of get up there in terms of, you know, what, they, what is a profile of 740 or even 800 kind of look like um, uh, for people? And what, where, where, kind of, what's, where are the kind of the average, where's the average person right now? So the average person has about a 680 score. Mm. And beyond a score, as you mentioned, you really want to have a profile. They're looking for a certain kind of profile. And what I define as the perfect credit profile, we dedicate a whole chapter to really delving into this, but it's um, having the right number of accounts. So you want to have somewhere between five and seven trade lines. A trade line is anything that's going to report to the credit bureaus. And then you want to have those accounts open the longer the better. Um, Someone who has an 800 FICO score, for example, they on average will have about eight or nine accounts that are open, and they keep a low balance on those cards. Uh, and those accounts have been open for years and years. Uh, they don't even really count until they're at least two years old. And then um, 
as, as far as uh, the variety, they will have multiple different types of accounts. So they'll have like a mortgage or maybe a car loan, a student loan, a couple credit cards mixed in. It's not just one type of account or another. So that's a good way to get what is considered to be the perfect credit profile, which will then also result in a very high credit score. And that helps you breeze through when you're trying to get applications for different loans. Yeah. And you said only 35% of your FICO score is based on your payment history. Very interesting. I don't think um, most people uh, realize it was that low. The other 65% has nothing to do with paying your bills. So what is that other 65% you know, comprised of? How do they calculate it? And what are things that you know, people can do to try to massage that part of the score? Yeah, so again, the, the, the next biggest chunk is at 30%, mm-hmm. which comes down to your credit card utilization. My advice is 60 days before you're going to apply for financing, especially something like a mortgage or a car loan, where you want to have your credit score looking as beautiful as possible, you should zero out your credit card balances on anything other than a charge card and then refrain from using it until after you apply for the loan. That's really powerful, and that could be the difference between whether you have you know, a 700 score and you're paying an extra quarter point or having a 740 score and getting the very best rate. Another 15% of it comes down to the length of payment history that you have. So they'd like to see that you have, uh, you know, accounts that have been open a long time, at least two years, but again, the longer the better. 10% of the score comes down to the variety of credit, knowing that you can handle multiple different types of credit. The final 10% comes down to inquiries which is what people usually lose their minds over and they lose sleep over is, you know, they don't want to have their credit pulled because they're afraid it's going to crush their credit score. But in reality, uh, that's a maximum of 10% and it hardly ever impacts you whatsoever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of sounds like the don't eat red meat before your life insurance exam, you know, for a good, for a good <laughs> month. Keep that cholesterol yeah. level down. Um, and, and so it, it certainly is, you know, very complicated and uh, process. So are all three of the credit agencies basically using the same kind of formula? I mean, is it are there differences in terms of how they're kind of ranking people and things like that? That's a great question because there's a lot of misinformation around that. So the credit bureaus themselves don't really issue scores. Mm. They can give you a credit score that they're glad to sell you, but those scores are worth nothing. That's not what lending institutions use. The only score that matters is FICO. Mm. And FICO is a separate company that analyzes the data with the credit bureaus uh, independently, and they will give you a score based upon what they see on that credit report. So that's why you have three different scores is because FICO goes along and they analyze each three. And I'll tell you a secret as to how to get the same credit report that lending institutions use. Most people inaccurately guess um, where, where they can get it. But it's definitely not from like a Credit Karma or Credit Sesame. Mm. It is not from the three bureaus themselves. They actually paid fines of $25 million yeah. a piece last year for falsely advertising that the reports they were selling you were the same right. as lending institutions use. Yeah. So there's a secret website. It's called www.itdoesn'tfreakingexist.com. It doesn't freaking exist. <laughs> Created by the government so that you have access to the same reports. They really don't want you to know how this game is played. Yeah. Uh, and that's, again, why we named one of the chapters in the book uh, Gaming the System, because it, it is literally a game. They don't want you to know how this works because then they could charge you more money for it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite amazing. You mentioned the three bureaus uh, paying fines. I r- remember that when they were issuing these different uh, metrics that had nothing to do with the with, with what banks were looking at, and I I thought it was a, a scam at the time, and I'm glad I finally got in trouble for it. And I'm speaking with uh, Anthony Davenport, again, the founder and CEO of uh, Regal Credit Management. We're talking about your credit score. And in particular, his book is coming out called Your Score, an insider's secret to understanding, controlling, and protecting your credit score. Lots of interesting tips um, um, in there. And so you'll want to uh, check that out when that's released uh, later um, this year. And, and so you already mentioned this, by the way, uh, uh, rehash the point because it's important. I mean, we think about the best places they get, uh, get a credit report. You you mentioned Credit Karma and lots of the other ones that you see um, on TV, the three bureaus, you know, that you're supposed to be able to get your credit uh, report at least once a year for free and so forth. Um, impossible, it sounds like, to get your own role, you know, uh, the true FICO score that, that, that are being used um, by by banks. So, you know, what should people do? I mean, you know, write angry letters to their, you know, congressmen? Or, I mean, be, be, besides that, what's the best that people can do to try to get information that's useful uh, for them to assess kind of where they're standing? Yeah, so in the book, we actually have a few different tactics on how you can get your hands on this report, because mm-hmm. the credit bureaus don't want you to have it. Yeah. The creditors don't want you to have it. Usually, most banks will forbid it from their loan officers from giving it out. Um, but one tactic that we mentioned is that you can ask a real estate agent. Real estate agents, uh, they refer business to the banks and the bankers. And those bankers want to keep that relationship, so often they will do what they're not supposed to do, and that's give you the report. And then we have a section on how to read this report, because it doesn't look anything like the cute and bubbly things that you're getting uh, as a consumer. So it needs to be broken down and kind of explained to people. So we uh, we walk through that. Interesting. I mean, it seems it's not illegal for the real estate agent to, to give you the report, is it? No, 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 All no, right. no, no. So no, why, why, don't, no legal why, why are we talking here? Why don't you, you know, create your own <laughs> real estate company that, you know, sells <laughs> these reports for a dime or something like that? It just seems it seems like there's an arbitrage opportunity um, here. Uh, all right. So, you know, um, so there's certainly related to that many websites. You mentioned earlier, you know, people are afraid of getting their credit uh, checked because, you know, it, it can take a ding on, on their uh, financial. Score a lot of websites out there that say, "Hey, we can do the check without you know take, you taking the ding on their FICO score." It's because it, they're phony reports; they're not real. I see. So the only way they can do that is essentially they're well, they must be based on something, though, right? Well, yeah, they're based on something, but yeah. it's not the the actual real deal, and that's that's the reason why they don't count as inquiries is because they're they're phony. <laughs> Only a real report will, will count as an inquiry, which, again, isn't going to impact your FICO score very much. So you've you got to get them checked, and you should do it once a year because there's so many mistakes put on credit reports. Yeah. 60 minutes of the piece called 40 million mistakes, and that's because there's 40 million Americans at least that have mistakes on their credit report, that's and those right. reports or those mistakes are costing them money, yeah. and it's hard to fix them. They're very difficult to get fixed. 
Yeah. And then speaking of kind of mistakes, you know, so it's, there's certainly the mistakes that institutions are making, uh, putting stuff, uh, things on the, the credit score that shouldn't be there. Um, but what are the, some of the mis- big mistakes that you see consumers themselves make besides not checking, you know, out their information frequently? This one isn't going to make any sense, trust me. Yeah. But the biggest mistake I see by far among people that are responsible members of society is that they'll get a collection notice in the mail. And it happens because if you have health insurance, you go to the doctor or the hospital, the ER, they, um, they bill the insurance company. And the insurance companies hate to pay claims in full. So the balance left over often just gets put on your credit report as mm. an unpaid debt. And if you get this letter, you know, Ken, I can tell you're a responsible guy. And I said, hey, I reported this to the credit bureaus already. You owe me 100 bucks. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're going to pay it. Yeah. Because that's what responsible people do. That actually significantly lowers your FICO score. It's like admitting guilt. And on average, it'll affect someone's credit score by 50 to 70 points or more if you don't have any late payments prior to that. And, um, and that's absolutely not how to deal with those sorts of things. You know, you so have what, what, to. You, what should you do? So one of the ways to deal with a collection company like that, if they've already reported it, is to call them up and say, listen, I'm not admitting that this is mine. It's not something that I am saying I definitely owe. But if I give you payment, will you delete it from my credit report as though it never happened and then ask them for a letter? Mm. So it essentially turn the tables on them because until you write that check, you got the leverage. Yes, and once you write the check, you have no leverage. Right. And this is something that is on 35% of Americans' credit reports right now. And most of them are not deadbeats that don't pay their bills. These are people that pay their taxes and they have health insurance. Yeah. It just happens from the system just being incredibly flawed. Yeah, and, and certainly, you know, credit card c- companies, it appears they can change the terms on you, even though you have some, you know, outstanding balance, things like that. Um, you, you know, you say that only in two institutions can do that, credit card companies and the mafia. So explain how credit card companies are doing that. Yeah, so really, you think about the insanity of this, but um, credit card companies can loan you money, and then they could change the terms at will. They could change the interest rate. They could change the amount that they are allowing you to borrow, uh, and they could they could change when you have to pay them back. They could say, nope, we want to get paid back right now. And the only other institution that can do that is the mafia. But we walk into these situations because you have to have a credit card yeah. to exist in society. If you want to rent a car, if you want to um, uh, get a hotel room, it, it is it is prohibitive in many cases to only have a debit card. So you have to have a credit card, and you have to do business with them. Yet most people walk around and they have no idea what interest rate they actually have on their credit cards. They remember the introductory rate, but they don't know how much they're paying in interest right this minute. The average American is carrying around at least 9000 in credit card debt. So you need to know what those interest rates are. And then, you know, I've laid out a few tactics about how to actually get them to lower those rates. Um, You know, and you you may have to play a little bit of shuffling with the, the debt and whatnot. But once you do that, you can save yourself a good amount of money, uh, and you have to know about how to, as we call it, care and feed for your credit cards, because uh, they're just an essential part of society, and using all the points the right way and getting free trips, you can do a lot with credit cards if you understand how they work. 
Fantastic. Anthony, fantastic job. Thanks so much for coming on the show and explaining an important yet confusing topic. Thanks for having me, Ken. It was an absolute pleasure. And you can find out more about Anthony by going to his website, which is regalcredit.com, R-E-G-A-L, credit.com. And check out his book that's coming out, Your Score, An Insider's Secret uh, to Understanding, Controlling, and Protecting Your Credit Score. Um, and you're listening to Your Money, Ken Smith's Business Radio here at Sirius XM 111. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.